Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Early Work. This week I am joined by amazing comedian Kerry Godleyman. We've been trying to get Kerry on the podcast for a very long time. She's very busy, she's very in demand, but she came on finally and she did not disappoint. She had so much stuff. She brought folders and folders worth of stuff, old leather-bound notepads that she had to blow dust off like in an old film about an old book. I've never seen a film in my life. Um, she had loads of stuff. It was amazing from childhood poetry in which she expressed her distaste and lack of talent for maths as well as uh, letters that she wrote to famous Hollywood actors and theatres, directly to theatres after she left drama school and loads of other stuff, classic poetry she read a poem about procrastinating a short story about procrastinating, which was an absolute classic, so you're going to love it, plus I read an absolutely mad poem about how happiness is impossible classic on-brand stuff for me so give that a listen, I'm sure you'll enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side, goodbye Joining me this week in Early Work Mansions, it's Kerry Godleyman. Hello. Hello, Kerry. How, How are you? you? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Let's neither of us answer. That would be the best way to do this. For those of you who don't know, the listeners, Kerry is probably best known for um, being my mum when we are in Norway. Oh, yes, your Norwegian travelling mother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we went on a trip to Norway together yep. for work. Yes, for stand-up yeah. with my husband. My husband and I were going to go for a romantic trip for our birthdays. And I spoiled it. And you came too. I, I forgot that other acts would be involved in that. Yeah, it's a weird one because, yeah, it was your birthday. We mm-hmm. were doing some gigs in Norway. Mm-hmm. I was opening for you at these gigs mm-hmm. and then your husband was there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I felt like a big third wheel, though I would argue that he was a third wheel because I was actually invited. <laughs> you were lovely company. We had hours at Oslo Airport, I remember. Yeah, that was your birthday, wasn't it? That was my actual birthday. Didn't we wait like seven hours for a transfer or something? Yeah. Actually, absolutely awful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then the gigs were kind of like a bit arse end of nowhere. But they weren't places. in any of the Oslo towns that you'd have heard of. No, they were, well, they were like miles away, like yeah. fishing ports in Norway. Extreme weather. And what, I remember the first gig being like, God, where's this going to be? Because it was like a desolate town. Yeah. And it was like, oh, don't worry, the gig's in this theatre. So we're like, oh, okay, got to the theatre. And they're like, the lobby, though. It was oh, in the lobby of that theatre. Lobby gigs. Lobby gigs. There's one in Essex, isn't there, a lobby gig? Is there? Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, you're not quite in the theatre, kid. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, you're just looking at a box office. And then the other one was in old abandoned cinema. God, your memory's really good. I mean, it was quite an experience. It, yeah, no, it does stand out. Whenever, Because I went to Norway last year for another job and everyone asked, have you been to Norway before? And I go, oh, yeah, yeah I've been. Yeah. Oh, I've and been. I couldn't remember the names of those towns and I had to text Al Barry to tell me the names of those towns. But do towns. you remember them now? No. Stavanger. Well done. And I can't remember the other one. God, well Stavanger done. was the better one, I think. Yeah. That was the bigger one. But basically, there was one bit that sticks out in my memory so much well, because of the whole third wheeling situation. <laughs> so I remember I was having dinner in the hotel. Do you oh, remember when we this? came and joined you. And then you, you and Ben came down. I was like, don't sit with me. Because <laughs> you came down and you were like, you were both dressed very nicely. It was clearly going to be a romantic evening. And you came over to my table because you obviously came and saw me. Your face is dropped. <laughs> no, he is here. You'd obviously been up at the hotel going, we can't go there because he'll be there. 
We just need a private. And I said, don't sit with me. Please, I must insist. But it'd be weirder if we go and have it. Yeah, and that's what you said. You said, Reese, we're in this now. <laughs> and then you said, we're the only people in here, so either we sit with you and have a conversation, or we yeah. sit over there and you look at us. Yeah, that's just too weird. <laughs> so we all we just we're committed to it. Do you remember we had sushi somewhere like this yeah, Scandinavian yeah, yeah, yeah. sushi? Yeah, and that's where we learned about Norway prices. Oh, yes! (laughs) God, everything was so expensive. Madness. So, that's what you probably best know (laughs) Kerry for. It's true. (laughs) Now, if I had to guess what you were like at school, Kerry, and I do, because it's the first format point of the show. Yeah. um, What I've written on my page is... You look anxious. This is really difficult. (laughs) Okay. Normally, I find this a bit easy. Oh, okay. I found this very difficult. Why? Well, what I put is, now, you've got a reputation for being very no-nonsense... And you've got a real stop faffing about and get it done attitude. Uh, But from watching your stand-up in all different countries, (laughs) it seems like that comes from motherhood. So my guess is that at school, you're a big procrastinator. You were away with the fairies. You probably probably spent loads of time mucking about. But I think you still had a bit of the no-nonsense attitude um, because I'm going to guess you had at least one teacher who wasn't great at controlling the class and you let them know about it. That's my prediction. I can right. imagine you going, if they were like, if the teacher wasn't up to the job, you going, you can't do this, sir. <laughs> have you thought about pivoting into retail? <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been that rude. Really? No. Okay. Some of that's accurate. You're right in your observation that my boshy nature came with motherhood. Yes. At school, Psychology, baby. I think I was a clown. I, I oh, really? Out. Yeah. I wasn't away with the fairies. I've never been... Right, you were on it still. I was just a dickhead. I just mucked about and was the class clown I suppose and a bit silly but then vigilant when I need to be procrastination is a good observation I've got some things that we can I've got some evidence (laughs) of me um, unpicking procrastination so yeah I did muck about a lot at school but I got down to it when it mattered did you do well? I didn't do amazingly well like I did have to retake my GCSEs I didn't pass something quite key like English or maths, one of those key players. Right, and, uh, those two opposite. <laughs> and I had to go described. back. I, well, I think I never did get maths. Oh, really? I had to go back and retake my English. I think I got a D, and I knew by then what course I wanted to do or for A level, so I had to go back and retake it. So I got on with it when I needed to. Right, but you were, and if you say you're a clown, I was. At school, all, yeah, I didn't were you like that. a popular? Like, were you like a go-to if people were like, "Oh, we need to laugh this class." Yeah, they were like, yeah. Carry, sort it out. I think so. I don't know. Among my sort of girlfriends, we we, we just mucked about. We had a laugh quite a lot. Did you? Were you pranking teachers? Uh, I do remember pranking Mr. Grundy. We stuck sanitary towels to the back of his jacket and hung condoms off his prosthetic arm. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a bit of that. Every new word in that sentence presented a brand new twist. <laughs> Poor Mr. How Grundy and prosthetic MC, arm the him. final detail of... When I when you got to hung condoms off, I was oh, going, where are we going here? Where's it going? Prosthetic arm pros- somehow worse than what I was imagining. <laughs> His prosthetic arm was always facing out, not in. A hand naturally faces in, but his was on wrong. So it was facing out. So it was inviting things to be hung upon it. And what better? On the fingers? Yeah. So you could like, go and hang, hang stuff off the fingers? Yeah, like little hooks. So you and think, he didn't know? No, wind chimes, condoms. <laughs> what, wind chimes. What is at hand for a teenage child? Good. Did you ever get to get in trouble at school? Yeah, I did get in trouble. I was often in trouble. I mean, I found, because you've asked me to rifle through loads of old stuff, I know it's not about school books, but I did find some school books that had been marked. One teacher put, do your spellings or I'll do you. <laughs> it's like the 80s were really messed up. No, if you're going to put condoms on a the teacher, then I think <laughs> you get what you deserve. <laughs> but that wouldn't happen now. Do I your spellings. Where did you go to school? I went to school in Northolt in West London. Right. Sort of. What sort of, what vibe of school were we talking? It was a comprehensive, it was probably a bit rough. Not like uh, Dangerous Minds or anything, but it was a bit, it wasn't like a good fancy school, you know. It was a, it was a big, very big school that had been made up of the old grammar and the old secondary modern because my dad went to the secondary modern and all my uncles and aunts went to the grammar and they conjoined them to make him into a comprehensive. Right, okay. And it was Northolt High. So did that mean you had a real mix of people? Uh, yeah, but the demographic... I mean, my nan lived on the estate opposite the school and I think a lot of kids came off that estate, the racecourse estate. So, no, it's not a very mixed area, Northolt. It's a very, like it's that kind of far suburbia you know in parts of London where you've got estates next to like the most expensive buildings in the world you know like cheap by jowl but it wasn't really like that it was kind of pretty much a working class demographic there wasn't much money in the area but it wasn't like 
the ghetto either. Do you know what I mean? It's, sure. You know, it's that kind. It was like Grange Hill. It was that sort of sport, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Grange Hill of West London. Yeah, basically it was. Oh, perfect. Yeah. There you go. And what's that? So that kind of environment. How does yeah. that play into you becoming creative at school? Is that an encouraging environment for creativity, or um, is it slightly more? Do your spellings or I'll do you. Well, uh, yeah, I think I was encouraged creatively. I remember my drama teacher. She was quite a standout person and I loved those lessons. So I think already early on I had a sort of sniff for drama and she knew that I loved it and she was very encouraging and she could see that I could do it. So I do remember my reports being like, you know, that usual stuff where a teacher's like, Kerry is good at this, but she has to stop thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like try. if she's going to get old. Yeah, try. Just try. Just try a bit harder. I can't. I've read back through old things of mine from doing this podcast and like old reports. Mm. They're just like, the, the fact Reese is not getting A stars in these things is a disgrace. Just really? try, apply yourself yeah. for, for one minute. And but then I did, and I didn't get those things. Oh, but God. it's like, but the, people just, the amount of, of meetings that we had at school because they were just like, yeah, just fucking try. But that must be just ever thus, because now as a parent, I'm having those conversations with my kids. It's just an endless cycle. Isn't yes, it, you're like, can you imagine what you could achieve yeah. if you just gave a shit? But thinking about that, do you regret not trying at all? Well, you can't regret who you are when you're growing up because it makes you who you are. But you can't. But are you saying to your kids? So you're saying to your kids, look, I went through this. I didn't try enough, and they're probably going, yeah, look at you. You're on TV. Oh, no, I know it's terrible. <laughs> you're in right? films. And the other thing as well, looking through all this stuff, is I thought there was more of it, and I thought it was the standard of it was better. So now when I look over it, it's shit. It's genuinely awful. Yeah. And now I feel bad that I'm pressing my kids to sort of set the bar higher where my bar was so low. <laughs> it was so low. So the hypocrisy of Of course, but that's things. how it works, yeah. surely. You can't avoid that. No, exactly. But so you were doing, you were, were you in the school plays? Were there school plays? Yeah, we did Bugsy Malone. I mean, nothing too, you know, avant-garde. It, there wasn't a massive amount of money and we did the standard Bugsy Malone and of course sort of? I was Tallulah. Right. Because okay. no one else would have had a look in. Right, really? <laughs> I mean, already by then, I had my elbows out. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, what a, what a West London comprehensive phrase that is. <laughs> I had my elbows out. With regard to the school play, I yes, yeah, That really not, is a blend of the, the grammar and that, yeah. Fair enough. So, But when you were doing drama as a sort of lesson, yeah. would the other pupils have noticed that you were sort of the standout? I think it was known among my... Friends, I did drama clubs outside school. I was already doing things. What sort of drama clubs are we talking? Amateur dramatics? Yeah, local like Hayes, um, Alfred Beck Youth Theatre. And then a bit later on, I went to the Ealing Young People's Theatre, which was acronymed Egypt. Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. Ealing. See? That's Young the G. People's That's the E and yeah. the G. Ealing. E I mean, that takes the piss, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, but it works. It works. Don't analyze. Don't, don't smash up my youth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't smash up my youth. I wish we did episode titles because we've already got about three. <laughs> Don't piss on my youth. <laughs> were, what sort of plays were you doing there? Oh, that was uh, the Egypt one. I really loved that. And that was, I don't know where they got the money. I think things like this have probably all gone now, but it was publicly funded, you know, it was council money. Like youth theatre had a bit of budget then. I don't know when this would have been, eight, late 80s, early 90s. And Ealing Council gave the youth group this massive old wicks, old disused wicks warehouse in Southall. And we were allowed to do graffiti it. And there was an old van in there that some people slept in. I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was kind of extraordinary. It was so weird. Look, I don't know what to say because you told me not to smash up your youth. And I know. I've got a lot of opinions about everything you've just told yeah, me. Yeah, and people smoked weed and the bloke who ran it was... Fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit wild. And we went to Amsterdam to it's do this... It's not Grange Hill. This is Waterloo Road. I know, but this I'm is concerned. a different... It wasn't This small. isn't the same school, yeah, right? This, this is outside school. of school. This was a drama Edgy. thing, yeah. And all, and there were people that, like... There was loads of street dancing and rapping. And it was a, genuinely was, I think... And again, I would hate to scrutinise this with actual facts as opposed to hazy memories. But I thought it was great. It may well have been shit, but that is the point of memories, isn't That's it? That's the whole point. I went yeah. to an amateur dramatics thing in Luton. Oh, yes. Which, oddly enough, was not, doesn't sound as rough as that. Right. The Luton one, it wasn't rough at all. It was full of, like, rude boys, people who thought they were gangsters. Or right. Whatever, but then just, like, being um, Oliver Twist. <laughs> so it was really weird. They <laughs> That's were just, brilliant. Like, yeah, so it was a really weird atmosphere. And also, I was, like, ten. 
Ah, oh, you see, I was a bit older. For there was loads of everyone else in it was 16, 17. Right. But me and my mate Sam were 10 and we went in. So it meant naturally I had to be Oliver Twist. Of course you did. Did I you sing no Where Twist, Is Love? Just, just from the age. I no, it so wasn't the musical. See you we, didn't do, we didn't do the musical. Aww. I think it was supposed to be the musical. I had to be Oliver Twist. I can't sing. They changed it to be just a play. I think it's anyway, <laughs> that level. That's how it. powerful you are. Ex- exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'll walk. Dump line or bar. I will walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So what were you, did you ever have to do, because when we were doing that amateur dramatic stuff, there was mm-hmm. quite a lot of, they made us do quite a lot of improv stuff. Where we'd have to, they'd we be did like, loads of improv. They do the thing where they're like, well, like, on one of the drama things, if you're not rehearsing for a specific performance you're doing, they're like, go away for half an hour in this group, come yeah. up with a play about this, and then come back and perform it. Yeah, we did a lot of that. But we also did like dance pieces, like street dance pieces. We oh, also, wow. did, yeah, we also did, and this is actually available on YouTube. Uh, we did a safe sex video. And, and I how do them. I find this uh, video on YouTube, you know, I think it's like Egypt, E-G-Y-P-T. Egypt, safe sex. Uh, Egypt, <laughs> and what's it? I'll send you the link, I'll send you the link so you can see it. And I play the mum, and I'm smoking in it, and I'm about 16, and I'm like, you don't have to worry about AIDS. And I'm playing this sort of awful <laughs> mum. Oh, no. I mean, it's when I, I went to Jeremy Hardy's... Um, memorial last year and there was a guy there that I knew from when I was 17 from this youth theatre and he said I've got that video of that safe sex thing and I was like okay you've got to send me this yeah. and when I watched it back it was just unravelling so what went through what was going through your mind bear in mind you've got a safe sex past because I don't know if you remember but you put condoms on a teacher's hand yes this you're, is you're a obsessed thing. at that age you were obsessed yeah, but I grew up in the 80s when there was the AIDS scare so everyone was obsessed of with course. contraception and... right. yeah 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 no matter what body part yeah absolutely just wrap protect yourself wrap it up yeah when you watch this video back yeah what are we talking are you like cringing so hard you're like turning inside out oh or absolute just... agony well, oh, do you really? know what there are bits that I think are genuinely good like there's some some of the shots are quite good the film like it's ropey because it's like I think 1989 it was made so it's edited and slightly ropey like now people can make better things on a phone Mm. but I think it is quite cool I, I mean for a bunch of teenagers to get together they were given council money to make it and it was meant to be with a view to it being educational and interesting to young kids you know which I I now I'm saying it, I can realise that sounds awful. I mean, if I say, if I said to my daughter now, why don't you go and make a safe sex video with your friends and distribute <laughs> it? She would absolutely die. You know, she, she would you, go, uh, do you mean a safe sex TikTok? <laughs> well, yes. That's what I'm off to make. That's what I mean. Like, that's how they express their creativity now, isn't it? All those sort Are of your platforms. kids on TikTok? Yeah, my daughter's on TikTok. Really? Of Is course. she big? Is she big on TikTok? She, she doesn't TikTok? post anymore. She just, just watches. looks. Just looks. Mm. Wow. But I, that's what I mean. It's like we didn't have TikTok. Do you police so it? So we made little safe sex videos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is so much weirder. Surely you appreciate this generation. The creativity of some of these kids on TikTok is absolutely mind-blowing. Yes. The things they can do. Yeah. They're like learning like professional video editing. I know, it's extraordinary. But, but you were tackling the issues. Yeah, exactly. It, the platform shouldn't matter, Reese. It's the subject. It's about the subject. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it was filmed on. Yeah, it's just what did you, what would you have filmed it on? Like an old camcorder? I assume so. I, that wasn't my department. I was firmly in the, that was the uh, cameraman. acting department. Yes, of course. You were firmly <laughs> in the spreading the message. Yes, playing the mum in a really weird wig. It, what kind of wig were we talking? It was just a wonky, big... Patsy Klein wig. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, and smoking. Actually when you could smoking, still... Fake. Yeah, fags. I mean, Actually, that's... No, yeah. so you weren't faking it? For no, the smoking fags. I mean, that's the thing. When you're a teenager at a drama club, you, any opportunity to swear, you're like, I'm having that. Yeah. And if I can smoke tabs, I think my character smokes. I think my character definitely smokes. Yeah. Because everyone smokes. So they intentionally wrote a story in which you were pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I, I was the mother of the teenager. Oh, right, sorry, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 okay. I thought you'd still gone, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> this character smokes. <laughs> this I'm character smokes, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I don't care about my situation. Yeah. Fair enough. So were you were you playing comedy part? Were you always when you had to go and make your own play yeah. for this thing? Were you always trying to take the comedy part? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, well, yeah and no. We did dramery stuff as well, which I still like doing. Yeah, no, both. But I did always when I went to drama school. I often would be the mop cap lady. When did you go to drama school? Nineteen ninety four. Was this after? Was this like a college equivalent? No, so I did those GCSEs that I had to retake. Oh, yeah. Then I did my A-levels, which I did in Hounslow College, and then I went to drama school, which was a degree, so that was three years. Oh, I see, right. What was that like? I 
Loved it. I mean, I really, really loved it. And I've spoken to other people since that went through not only drama school, but that one. And some people don't. I really loved drama school. I threw myself at it. It surprises me. Really? Why? Well, based on the whole... I mean, I know we established the the bish, bash, bosh, done yeah. attitude comes yeah. from motherhood. But based on... I can't not see you like that. <laughs> Whereas I naively assume that drama school is people singing on tables at lunchtime. No, it was, it was a bit more cool than that. Right. It was more... People genuinely having a passion for a thing and it being... I mean, this is before, like, student... Now, you'd have to really want it if you're going to go into nine grand sort of debt a term to... Yeah. You know, but then I got a grant. At that time, Rose Bruford afforded people to go that wouldn't have otherwise been able to go. And that's why I liked it. And they used to have this, like, community theatre wing, which fed into my little Egypt past because it was like public funding and community-based work and all that area of drama that wasn't a... kids from fame right oh, yeah, baby yeah. look at me you know yeah, on the yeah. tables and high school musical is what i was picturing yeah even though i now realize that is of course later a normal high school yeah that's not even drama school but even those references my reference is fame yeah and then later is high school musical high school and musical. then it's glee isn't it oh yeah of yeah. course God. so those performing arts environments so it wasn't like that I don't think it was, but, you but then this, you can't ask me because I can't be objective about it. You had this community side bit that you said feeds into your Egypt past. Yeah, which I think feeds into my stand-up future as well. Really? That kind of real grassroots, go and do it in a hall then, just connect with people. You know, that that's the side of stand-up that really appealed to me, which is like, okay, if I can't get a part in a film or a play then, I will go and take my witterings out to Halifax Community Centre and, <laughs> and inflict it upon them. And if you turn up and the gig's in a Wix warehouse that's got graffiti and a van, yeah. you know you're at home. There's a you know, bit I of can that. play this room. There is I've a bit of that before. in me in that we'll do the show in the van. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of vibe. Yeah, I like that. Is that what happened? You just started doing stand-up off the back of that? I left drama school in 97 and I did a bit of acting work, but not enough. And then I did a course, a stand-up course at um, City Lit and then I started gigging. So it was about four years later. Right. So not long after. That was what was weird about going over some of this stuff because I haven't dated any of it. Oh, so you've got no idea when this is Not really. I can approximate by various things. What sort of stuff were you writing when... So, like, let's say... If, are you approximating any of it to the time when you were at drama school, or is it before that? I don't think I was writing at drama school, so I was totally absorbed in the course and right. drinking alcohol. Of course. <laughs> so my social life was very exciting, and the college work was really exciting, so I wouldn't have felt any burning urge to sit at home and write. So would this stuff busy. be before or after that? Uh, there's a couple of bits that are definitely before, but they're kind of like child childhood stuff. Great. And then I probably just put all of it on hold to be an actor and I wouldn't have been writing that's a weird thing about actors is sometimes they just are conduits to other people's words <laughs> do you know what I mean and then they don't sort of dare to think that they are the writer and it yeah. was only when I found stand up that I realised I could find a voice prior to that it was like I don't write other people write and I act yeah do you know what I mean? They, it was like never the twain, really. Yeah, and uh, well, acting is also is a creative process. People, I think, yeah. people who don't, who have never acted, um, it's creative to interpret a part and do it in a certain way. It is, but the minute anyone unpicks that or talks about it yeah, yeah, with yeah. any seriousness, you go, "Shut up!" Yeah, don't question me on it because I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah, please, no, Gary. I've got nowhere to go with it. It's awful. I can't bear analysis of acting as a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's just awful. <laughs> it's so self-indulgent and wanky. But then, I, so then you started writing. Stand up obviously made you start writing. Stand up made me. Yeah, and when I first started stand-up, a lot of people said, given that I've got an acting background, why didn't I do character comedy? Which does seem like, why didn't I do character yeah. comedy? But essentially, I'm lazy, and I didn't want to have to choose shoes or hats <laughs> for my character and have to take them around the country and learn lines. I mean, the whole thing that appealed to me about I, I'm a terrible line learner. Me and my husband met doing a play. Well, Ben, your Norwegian mm. father. We met doing a play, and he just couldn't believe that I, I would do anything to get out of learning the lines accurately I would just but stand up you're not improvising the show no but you're learning approximately aren't you I mean I don't yeah, learn my word, line word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not a script no well, it's, for some people it is yes but I, that's not how I do it I'll write well we might see I write loads of ideas out and then there'll be like some phrases that I think oh that's that phrasing is funny and then the joke just gets boiled down to literally that phrase sure. a lazy actor's recalcitrance towards line learning route towards stand-up. <laughs> That's yeah. how I've gone about that. 
Come on, let's have. Let, it's time. Let's have a piece. Let's have a piece oh, of work. Okay, right. So it's up to you what you want to start with. Well, the, you've got an old. Just that is an old. An old leather-bound stand-up full notepad, full of stand, and anything with a star next to it became material. Really? Right? It would okay. be. It, I'd go back and go right. That did become an actual real joke, and I used it in routine. So um, it's a relic. It's. Like, it's just loads. And, and what I tell you what has depressed me about all this, Reese, going back over stuff, is um, that I thought I was better <laughs> than yeah. I am. So you look over stuff and go, oh, this is shit. This is sure. all absolute crap. Um, and that's kind of, you have to really accept that you're just not as good as you thought you were. Of course. And oh, this is my concern with everything, is that like I'm reading, all, I read all these old things on this and go, God, what a fucking pretentious loser who thought he was a genius and then I yeah. go well I'll wait till five years down the line when I'm doing a podcast about this <laughs> yeah I mean that's now I feel like the, some of these ramblings have now found a home in the form of talking to you right so this is a poem this is a poem that I wrote what is a million I reckon I'm about ten what is a million what is a million and this it's... would have would you have been writing this before you start for fun or do you think you were writing it for school it looks like a school presentation and it's on school paper. Yeah, but it's cut it's been cut but out. But it's been cut out and I've done illustrations. <laughs> and it says loads of times, a hundred thousand. Oh look, that's how bad it makes it. It says a hundred thousand loads of times. One of them says is one of them with the commas in the wrong place, but it says one million and one thousand. Oh, Reese, this is the problem because now I'm discovering. Have you not noticed that? No. Loads of them say it all says 100,000. I'm so bad at maths. <laughs> I remember once being a kid and counting to like 100 and saying to my uncle, he stopped me and started talking to me. And I went, Oh, you distracted me. I nearly got to a million. And he went, But you hadn't even got to 100 yet. I think in my child mind, I was like, Well, we're going up to the big guns. Well, no wonder you've written a poem called What is a Million? <laughs> <laughs> because you don't know the answer, so let's hear that. I, I need really to hear am bad at maths. That was the bit of Taskmaster that I was really embarrassed about. Anything that involved when the task was uh, count beans, write one million on a piece of paper. Yeah, I mean anything as as simple as that. I was like, oh god, don't make me do math. Yeah, it's really bad. Okay, come on. Right, what is a million? Question mark. It's dot 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 dot. A million is the bricks built in Big Ben. A million times you've counted to ten. A million smiles you see on happy faces. A million days you've been to different places. A million words you've read in a year. A million times it seems you've been hit on the rear. (laughs) Wow. What? A million ways you have written your name, but that number will always be the same. By Kerry Godleyman. Wow. And that's one of the just one of the ways you've written your name at the end. Just one of the millions Look, of ways you've Kerry written, written your name. Kerry written that way. Kerry written that way. Oh, you way. actually Kerry have written it a number of different times. I've done a I little thing for each line. So uh, hit on the rear, which we will need to discuss. Yes. I put ow. Ow. Okay. Right. At least it's a negative response as a ten-year-old <laughs> to being hit on the rear. Yeah, you're coming out <laughs> completely the wrong way. <laughs> um, couple of questions. Yes. Right. Bricks and Big Ben. Yes. Big fan of that. Yeah, because it sets it in London, doesn't it? Yeah, you're literally giving it a setting immediately. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's like you're writing this from the London Eye, yeah. but obviously the London Eye didn't exist. Well, didn't exist. No. So in but many I needed ways, to think. I thought big building, loads of bricks, Big Ben. Big that's ben. where my brain went there. Sure. Um, I like the million ways you've counted to ten. That's very specific to you mm. because famously you couldn't really count above ten. <laughs> no. So the, that was you trying to count to. 20, but the That's million all. ways you'd count to 10 as a kid. <laughs> so many, over and over again. 10, 11, no. 1 million words per year, you reckon you, you read and do you? These are approximations. Okay. okay <laughs> because we've established my grasp of maths. I reckon it's more like 100,000, I would right, say, yeah. based on what you think a million is. Oh, okay. That's like that, how many grains of sand am I holding? I yeah, don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a million words a year. And then hit on the rear, come on. you got. A, What's going on there? So you've got no idea. What it you're just rhymes with year. Yeah. I mean, that's really bad rhyme. There's other things that rhyme with year that could have gone in there. But why did I go in? Maybe I was trying to be edgy or maybe do something that caught the attention of the reader, which it appears to have done. It absolutely has done. You, Both you, the reader, and me, the listener. Right. It's caught our attention. Does this link to any of your... I was never hit as a child. Can I just point that out? Does it link? Does this link in any way to um, your themes of parents rowing, do you think? 
I wasn't have you here, though. They didn't round with me. They just round with each other. <laughs> I never... I. This is purely because rear rhymes with year. There is no subtext. A million... What was it? A million times you've been hit on the rear. A million times. It seems you've been it hit. It seems. Oh, sorry. It's so much deeper than I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. It's way deeper. Oh, my... So that's a completely so it's metaphorical. different sentence. That's a different sentence. Yeah. It seems that yeah. you've been it's hit on the rear. It's metaphorical. There's no hitting. Of course. It's no about, one's been hit. It's about when you think that you're, you're, you're down... But actually, you're fine. You're not yeah. down and out. You've not been hit on the wrist. It yeah. seems it's actually like Rudyard Kipling. This. Do you think? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thanks, why not? Reece. Don't spoil it. <laughs> you looked at me really actually <laughs> like you desperately wanted it to be yeah, true. Then. I want, I'm sort I of want, the piss. Because of some of the stuff we've got coming up, this might be the best. Of it. Okay. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> um, have you got right? Have you got anything from similar age or a bit older? What do you want to do? Mm, I think it it jumps a bit older. It's a shame I can't read God, you. There's that. a whole folder in front of Kerry at the moment. Right, shall I read you this page to Philip uh, the letter to Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yes, please explain some context. Okay, so I uh, I must have re- I would time you could probably google this. So when Jesus Hot the A Train was a play that he directed that was on in town and I would guess around 1997 or 8 I think because I'd probably just left drama school or I might still have been at drama school and I went to see his play and he was there. I remember he was there in the bar. Right, right. Dear Philip Seymour Hoffman, (laughs) I really wanted to write to tell you, the cast and the writer, how moved and inspired by Jesus Hop the A-Train. Because I'm an actor, when I go to the theatre, I frequently get embroiled in watching a, inverted commas, performance. Can't help but watch for voice, physicality, texture, tempo, blah, blah. But when I watched the play last night... All that shit went out the window. I was totally absorbed in the characters. When a play does that for me and excites me that much, I remember why I wanted to be an actor. Thank you. Yours sincerely, Kerry Godleyman. Wow. Did you actually send this to him? Well, this is clearly a rough draft because it's in my little writing book, but I think I might have, you know. How would you have done that? To his agent or something? Yeah, must have. Or I sent it to the theatre. Oh, because it was still on. Yeah, it was still on in town, round the corner from where we are right now. Lovely moment in that where you... um, you're saying, I mean, it, it's an actor writing to an actor. Yeah. So you are absolutely well within your rights to use loads of actory terms oh, and indulge. He knows what I'm chatting And yet about. still, halfway through, you bail out to go, blah, blah, <laughs> and blah, blah. Yeah, but I'm saying you know this shit. You know this shit. We don't want to riff on we this, We don't need to riff, yeah, yeah. It's like, at first you were like, I'll demonstrate some knowledge to Philip Seymour Hoffman. And halfway through you were like, actually, Hoffman knows all this shit. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah. I don't even know what I want from him because normally, like you're, you're not asked for anything. I'm not asking for anything. I just want him to know that I think he's great. The whole letter is basically FYI. <laughs> you're very great. good stuff. <laughs> yeah, as if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted him. I wanted. I wanted to express my excitement. Mm. What a, I mean now, you just tweet it, wouldn't you? But before you had to write a letter yeah. and post it. Now I'd have just tweeted hashtag great play or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then. You have to really apply yourself to expressing your enthusiasm. Yeah, this is you did a first draft. You, yeah. You would have... I mean, this is a letter to the Bush Theatre. So when I left drama school, I probably would have written loads of letters all the time to all the theatres. So dear, whoever that would have been... Was Bush, that a done thing? Yeah. Did people do that? That's, what we sort of, that's part of what you go to drama school to learn how to do, to get How to work. write a letter to Yeah, a how to put yourself in the industry or whatever. Uh, I've recently renewed my love of theatre. As you can see from my CV... Oh, no, this is interesting. I don't know when I would have written this then. I would have already been acting by now. That's what I mean. You have to sort of look for clues. It does feel like being a detective and you you sort of... Your own murder case. I reckon I would have been out of drama school for about a year or two by now because I've got... I've done some bog roll adverts and a couple of little bit parts on telly. So I said, I recently renewed my love of theatre because as you can see from my CV, I've not had a great deal of experience in this field. My first desires to become an actor were inspired by theatre and many of the youth theatre experiences was in physical theatre and devising. That's Egypt. So since graduating from drama school, I found myself to fall into a TV commercial sort of rut. I'm lucky enough to have had the opportunity to work in lots of different areas, but now I feel that much of my passion for acting has been diluted by the commercial side of the industry. I miss the theatre. I miss building a character. I want to be in plays, work in ensemble, and reconnect with the magic of the medium of theatre. What a wanker. I've enclosed my photo and CV and I would appreciate it if you could get in touch with my agent to fix me up a meeting. I've always enjoyed the pieces of theatre I've seen at the bush and I look forward to an opportunity to be part of its rich tradition in first-class, soul-stirring productions. Wow. 
Wow. Oh, what that. an oh, ending. Yeah, man. And presumably nothing. now own the Bush Theatre? I heard nothing. Oh. I mean, that is what you accept as a life of an actor, is you They're... just hear nothing. <laughs> just the silence. Some great moments. You're really, basically having a go at yourself for selling out yeah like, sold I out. sold out but yeah. I'm back yeah I did the Bob wow. Roll adverts I've been through it yeah I did the frozen porn adverts but now I'm getting back on the street. I'm back I'm back in the theatre this is what it's all about <laughs> this is where my heart is yeah that's amazing yeah. you're going real Bill Hicks in that at one point do you think I do think, yeah. I was a yeah. massive fan of Bill Hicks around that oh, time. Oh, it shows because you're very much like the advertising industry is corrupt. Yeah, sucking Satan's car. I want to, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I loved you in that advert. Um, the medium of theatre, you called yourself a wanker. I think if you're writing to a theatre, you're allowed to use the phrase medium of theatre. I think this Fair is pretty enough. much the only context in which you can use that and not sound like you're a wanker. You're right, Reese. I'm not going to beat myself up. It's the only time you can say it is oh, you're writing to a theatre. <laughs> An actual yeah. theatre that puts on plays. But what I would say is you definitely, there's, you keep a lot of yourself in that letter when you say the phrase, fix me up a meeting. I, <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. See, I'm surprised Get in touch with my agent, me fix me up a meeting, jobs are good and... Yeah. Bush, bosh, bosh. Bush, bosh, bosh in a play. Let's get me a lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So this is a short story. Okay. Okay. Hanif Qureshi seemed to be glaring up from the cover of the book, challenging her, his lips pressed together firmly, seeming to suggest a satirical contempt for her procrastination. I know, he was saying, I know, it's fucking difficult. I've said it a thousand times. You've read it a thousand times. You've just got to get on with it, sister. (laughs) (laughs) I can't explain that. (laughs) It was neither patronising nor disciplinary, his was a tone of comradeship. We're in this together. You feel compelled to write, to capture your reflections and get them down and bound with words. Sorry, I can't read my own writing. Share them with others that will say, yes, yes, that's how I see life too. And she knew that time was moving at a rate that was supporting her. It wasn't rushing or pushing, it was plodding. Her own tempo jerked and rattled within this time cave. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Frenetic and shallow breath, not knowing how to use it. But she felt benevolence, but didn't know what to do. She knew there was something she should do. She sensed that, but where to start? Hanif gently pushed her, nudged her in a playful, provocative way. Go on, it's easy. It's fun once you're in. And so a wave of understanding came over her, a blanket of deep understanding right in her soul. Click. How can something not matter and be so imperative at the same time? That's deep. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I really like that. Um, Irrelevant and crucial. Oh. United, digging with language to get at the core of consciousness. Words like spades, digging and digging to get at the wordless, vis- visceral, ambiguous centre of being. I'm wow. really happy with this, Ruth. Her dreams often, <laughs> her dreams often took this form these days. Not so much repeated in details, but in in meaning always the same always easy to interpret she knew exactly what they meant but knowing what your subconscious wants you to do doesn't necessarily make it any easier sometimes her personality felt like a burden it held her back it could play up like a lethargic petulant teenager why should I it would nonchalantly challenge why should I try and write or get fit or work harder why indeed she could feel her soul sigh when her inner teenager would slump back on the sofa and then in that conversation Conflict is when the ideas would come. Am I going mad, she'd ask, or are the voices characters for a story? Wow. Thanks. Is that how it concludes? Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's, <laughs> you've broken the podcast because it's really good. It's just, not that everyone else's work has been shit, but it has. Um, I don't know how old I was. Listen, I hope that was last it's really, week. That was really good. I mean, the writing is great. Oh. And it's actually, there's. It's substantial as well. There's stuff in there that's like, oh, wow, there's good metaphors. That's about creativity. There's great words. Yeah, it's a cla- the one criticism is it's a classic case of writing about not having anything to write about. Yes, which, which is I like probably... The, the number, the root one. Absolutely, which is probably block. an exercise that I did intentionally. Yes. Like, if you can't write about something, then, then write, write about, about this. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But there's amazing things in that. Um, get on with it, sister. Obviously, I'm not going to let that slide. What's going on there? Not letting that slide. 
been. I'm really so... incongruent with the rest of the piece. <laughs> yeah. The rest are using mad language. I'm using, using Hanif Qureshi's voice. <laughs> using amazing language throughout. And then get on with it, sister. Opens the piece. I don't um, know what's going on. I there. like you want people to to react to your work by saying yes, yes. That's how I see life too. Mm. Now. As an observational comedian, mm. <laughs> do you think you've carried that over? I mean, when you're on tour, mm. would you rather they laugh or go in unison? Yes, yes, that's how we see life too. Mm. Ideally, both. Yeah, you want to <laughs> internalize the yes, yes, laugh out loud. Yes. Yeah. In fact, don't say the yes, yes, that's no, how just, I see life. Just laugh. Just, just laugh. Just yeah. laugh. Clap. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Because it's implied in the laughter, isn't it, that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, sometimes they're going. <laughs> you maniac! Yeah, yeah, that's no true. one does that. No, I don't want to scrutinise why they're laughing. No, yeah, just take, accept the laugh and move on. Time cave. Now, I'm guessing when mm. you wrote time cave, mm. you put the pen down for at least half an hour. <laughs> no, you, it seems I pushed. Through. I think you you went you came back to it. I reckon you went pen down, drop the pen, hands <laughs> in the air, leaned mm. back in your chair, going, "I've just come up with time cave." So I I'm think pretty I'm going to have a few. I'm done. I'm done for the week. <laughs> I imagine. A lot uh, of this doesn't stand up to scrutiny. Big right? fan of when you said um, irrelevant and crucial United. That's my favourite football team as well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a really, there's a bit in it where I was like, oh shit, which is when you were like, um, knowing what your subconscious wants you to do doesn't make doing it any easier. Oh, can you relate to that? Yeah. Do you want to oh, say, yeah. yes, yes, that's how I see it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, you know, the amount of times that, like, my subconscious is telling me to just get on with it, sister, and I'm just not doing anything. Yeah. And I have to get on with it. And well, you just got to get on with it, out. sister. Exactly. Think of Hanish. Your teenager Think comes out and says, um, what is it, I don't want to exercise, I don't yeah, want to work. I don't want to get fit, don't I don't want to work fit. harder. Why should I try and write? That's a bloody good question. Yeah. Because I don't even know what I was writing for. I mean, I don't know what my intention was. I mean, you, yeah, you answered the question in this because it's like, well, you shouldn't. Because <laughs> you're writing about not being able to write. Why yeah. should I try and write? Yeah. I mean, it's so, there's it's so many levels to it's it. So many levels. It's really good. It's great. Right, I have to score it now. Okay. I have, I have to grade you. Um, well, like on, a teacher. On three categories. There's yeah. three categories to this podcast. Okay. They are, number one is originality. Um, number two is pure teen horniness. Number three yeah. well, is... The, um, there was a bit of spanking, spanking in the, the early um, Number three is Mickey Mouse Club slash Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score, which is how close is it to your work now? What potential does it show for the future star you became? Oh, this is really good. You've thought this through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, we've done a few episodes now, Kerry, actually. If you a subscriber, are you? Good to hear. Um, so, uh, number one, originality. Um, good to finally do the pilot of this show. Originality. You know what? Ugh, I need to think about it. What is a million... Now, I've never heard that question asked. Thank you. So, but now I know the reasons it was asked. It it does sully the originality of that song. What were the reasons? That you you didn't and still don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a genuine question. It wasn't a poetic title. It was a real question. Yeah, um, (laughs) it was actually maths. They weren't expecting a poem. (laughs) I'd love you to do that in your maths exam. There you go. Write down a million. And you go, well, who can really define a million? What is a million? What is a million? Oh, the the amount of bricks in Big Ben, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Really, they're just like, no, just write this many zeros, mate. Yeah, get it right, Um, Kerry. So, originality. Also, because the second one is... The, the content of it is original, but the premise of it is not original. Fine. Three out of five. These are all out of five. Okay. Three out of five. I'll take that. Originality. Uh, pure teen horniness. I don't think I'm a teen, though. Don't apply a sexual <clears throat> You're not a teen subtext. in any of them. Uh, and then there's, there, neither of them are particularly horny anyway. So the rear thing is... God, how disappointing. The rear thing was a... Well, do you wish you had some horny Well, there's stuff? things that are more horny that I wouldn't let you read. There's <laughs> 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 no way. There's loads of stuff about people that are answering my calls and me being alone and God knows what. The way you said that, right, I know that what you meant was you wouldn't let me read them because they're personal to you. Yeah. But the way you pointed at me as you said let you read is if like, no, because if you hear something horny, you'll go wild. <laughs> you are <laughs> the horniest kid in town. I'm not letting you read them. You emphasise you in such a way that I was like, oh, it's such a personal affront to me. Um, fair enough. Your teen horniness, it's got to be like a, a two. Fair enough. There's not much, is there? I didn't choose stuff with a horny subject. Sure. It's I'm fair. not. Look, Kerry, no one's denying you're a horny teen, okay? <laughs> I'm not denying it. But when you're talking about maths or procrastination, this is, it's not the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, one could argue it's the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose score. How close is it to your work now? How much does it represent what you became mm. now? I don't know what thoughts you have on this. I'm I'm struggling to Make square this circle. Yeah, really. I don't really I don't really connect either of those things. 
What about my passion for acting with my letter to Philip Seymour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I completely neglected your passion for acting. Um, what about my sort of, you know, slight shame with commercial associations? you know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. That final piece that you read, that short story... Yeah. Pretty much the whole premise of it is, oh, just get it done. Yeah, there you go. Just fucking do it. Crack Stop on. faffing crack about. On. Crack on. Bosh. Get it sorted. <laughs> She's done. in there. She's it's in there. there. It's all there. <laughs> and I wouldn't have realised it unless I had to answer this question, so I'm going five out of five. Brilliant. So, uh, ten. You get ten out of fifteen. That's all right, Very isn't it? respectable score. Given that I don't understand numbers or maths, I'll be <laughs> yeah, quite... Is that all right? That, yes, that's is a that pretty right? respectable score. It is over half. two-thirds. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> yeah, I love how you still went with over half. <laughs> the fraction's quite easy with that. Um, but now I have to read you something to make oh, it fair. Oh, brilliant. So I've got a poem. How old um, were you when you wrote this? I was 16, and um, after there's a crucial bit of information I found out from oh. about the date it was written, but I'll read it first and then tell you. Can I just ask another question before you do? Yeah. Do you write a lot of poems? Poems, or is this like a freak occurrence? Oh no! I, when I was this age, sixteen, seventeen, poet, I was just writing nonstop poetry. So you were a poet. Well, I, you know, that's what a poet is. Okay, but you it, were a poet. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. Let's say some open mic comedian comes up to you tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. He's done a few open mic gigs. It's mm-hmm. all abysmal. Never been paid for it in his life. Are you calling them a comedian? Yes, I am. Well, then fair enough. I was a poet. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> this poem is called Cloud One. We think we've happiness transfixed, but how can happiness exist? And how might happiness be this when all true happiness is bliss? Agreed, a happiness ignites just as romance's fire excites, just like a scorching, blazing firefly might dance into the blackened heights. Yet gold is not the colour of my soul, nor silver, bronze, not even rust can take its toll. I've got no reflex, no aura to withhold. I've got no reason, no more left to behold. Withdraw and soar through happy eyes, if you be true to fireflies. If you are far from uncertain ties, alleged happiness you epitomise. Forget the future, ignore now, the past irrelevant, no wise, no how. Be gone, grin reaper, no speak allow, you dart through time as though, as thou. So what? Just that your tail's on fire? Outlook so-so, reality dire. Happiness sails, his tail much higher. The flame, his soul, his fire flyer. Roll up, roll up, exceed your mind. Serenity's tail, tails downwards, kind of plummets into fate. You'll find your happiness irrelevant, your smile blind. I like that. You're really? a poet, Reese. Of all the people I thought wouldn't like that. What? You would have been what top do of the you list. think of me? I would have thought You've you just got gone... me so wrong. Yeah, I know. I clearly have. <laughs> well, look, we spent a quite a tumultuous time in we Norway together. We went to Norway together. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. And we did ask a lot of questions like, how can happiness exist while we were in Why Norway? Why weren't we discussing this shit on, in Norway? What a wasted opportunity. <laughs> if we get to go to Norway or anywhere again, we should bring our work. <laughs> yeah, actually, we should, yeah. I mean, we comedians spend so much time talking about, you know, various bookers and other comics on yeah. the circuit. We could have been talking about existential. Could have been about this. We could have been talking about what is happiness and the blackened heights. I mean, and auras. But I mean, you reference auras. auras what was yeah. your knowledge of auras at sixteen? Uh, I just knew it was a word. Well, you had no connection with this, its meaning. A lot of this will just be that 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 you know. I I knew these fancy words, but there's stuff in there that I've. Auras, where's all? You must have meant it. Like you're talking about serenity. Yeah. What do you think you're talking about? I was into about? those sorts of that sort of language. Yeah, but age. the language or the meaning of the language. But it doesn't. No, no, no. It doesn't mean anything. Roll up, roll up, exceed your mind. Serenity's tail, tails downwards. Okay, so it's like a metaphor for a, a state of mind having a tail. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've got to stand by it, mate. No, I don't stand by it. Well, come on, let's That's stand why I made by the podcast. Let's role play you okay, standing okay, by right, it. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so... So you want to add a lot... Is so that... your serenity or your serenity state... No, serenity's tail, so T-A-L-E, as in Oh, story. not even like a tail, like a cat. Well, then it's tails downwards, as in So you're just plummets. ticking about with words. Serenity's tail, tail. I think tail, tails. I was really excited by the two different tails. So it's like a metaphor Serenity's or... tail. No, I th- actually, I think I can stand by let's that. Let's go. Serenity's tail is like the, the story we're told about this idea of serenity, right? This, oh, it's a myth. It's better Basically than I saying, thought in the first It's a myth, place. but then I suddenly, because I've exceeded my mind, serenity's tail, the myth about serenity yes. existing, tails downwards, plummets, that's the next bit, plummets yes. into fate, which is in inverted commas. Wh- why? Fate, because I'm saying fate's bollocks. Fate right. doesn't exist in right. this. Plummets into this other myth. 
uh, you'll find your happiness irrelevant, your smile blind. Now, happiness irrelevant to all of this, basically saying we're all just a cog in the system. We we can't make our own happiness. No, that's not how I interpreted oh, it. Oh yeah, because I just made that up in the moment. What is it? <laughs> I Please think it's about Zen. It's about being in the now and not looking back and not looking ahead and not trying to project fate and not trying to analyse happiness, but just be present. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I reckon it's that. Just I to just tell you something it. crucial. Yeah. So given that it starts with um, how can happiness exist, I wrote this on my dad's birthday. Now, Why? I don't know. <laughs> but Why? I saw the date that it was it said created as a file on my computer. Yeah. And it said my dad's birthday when I was 16. I don't know what happened That's on that day that I said, well, there's no such thing as happiness for a start. <laughs> What's your wish, Dad? Make a wish. <laughs> Did you write that in his car? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something... Just so brilliant about teenage angst and confusion and existential ramblings. It's such a specific time of life and you're so trying to find meaning in all these things. I just thought you'd be quite anti-lines like, gold is not the colour of my soul. I think your soul is golden, Rachel. <laughs> That's why I thought you'd <laughs> You've got some lovely colour colour imagery in there. You've got black and heights, and then you've got colour... What are the other colours? You've got golden, bronze... Gold is not the colour of my soul, nor silver, bronze, not even rust can take it. What a lovely little palette of colours you've yeah, there we up go. there, mate. It's going to look nice. There's loads going on there. You know what? It is excellent. Was you doing, like, poetry at... Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Was you doing poetry at school at the time? Studying it or yes, writing it? Yes, uh, Studying it, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, you can see, you know, that poems, you can ape poetry. Yeah, I've got copying rhyming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not just rhyming. There's imagery and ideas and things. Um, my favourite line, which I, you didn't notice. Oh, sorry. Go on. Because uh, it's about happiness. Yes. Saying happiness doesn't exist. Yes. Begone, Grin Reaper. Not, gri- not Grim Reaper. <laughs> Grin Reaper. Grin Reaper. That's really good. That's a gag, okay? There's a gag in there. That's early stand-up. That's pretty good. That's a pun. I don't really do... I've never done a pun on stage, really. You need to get that guy out. Get Grin Reaper in the show. Yeah, get the Grin Reaper. No, because even... That's an Edinburgh show. The Grin Reaper. The Grin Reaper. Has that been done? (laughs) Well, I hope not. That is The Grin Reaper. That's your next tour. (laughs) The Grin Reaper. And then you've got to read that out. And then I open with this. Yeah. Yeah. open with... But don't tell... Make them... Make them believe it. through it. And don't say this is from when I was... No, just say I wrote this recently. Just to add to um, the supposed cleverness, uh, Cloud One. Yeah. Have you figured out why it's called Cloud One? Cloud Nine. Yeah. Flipping it. Because we're not on. We're not happy. Cloud Nine is when you're happy. So you're not even on Cloud Three or Four. No. <laughs> Cloud <laughs> One. This is where you start. Really early doors. I've just so been the, informed so that that's... Grin Reaper is available. I've just <laughs> oh. been informed there is no there you go, that's existing yours. Edinburgh show that's called yours. The Grin Reaper. The Grin Reaper. I don't um, know if I want it, actually. I think you should take it. Yeah, I um, I, so if you're Cloud One, this is you at the beginning of your journey towards happiness. So there's <laughs> yeah. hope. This poem suggests hope. I'm not on the ground, I'm still on a cloud. Yes, but you're towards nine. You're suggesting Start you're on journey, a journey. Yeah. You're a very hopeful teenager. Strangely, though, I do, because if, if it does mean what you think it means, yes. which is that um, living in the, in the moment, moment and being zen, mm. strangely, on my, <laughs> on my journey to happiness, I reach self-actualisation on step one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I, full of contradictions. Full acceptance, step one. Yes. That's, I mean, that's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need enough. you to now grade it, uh, if you don't mind, on the same thing. So number one is originality out of five. Well, I'm not familiar with loads and loads of poems, so I'll give that a straight five. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much um, for your teen horniness. I would make a great English teacher. I'd be like, good yeah. for you. I've never read anything like this. <laughs> yeah, basically, whoever whoever's work hands in first, yeah. they're getting oh, an A. this is great. And the next one, well, that's pretty similar to the first one. What was yeah. the task again? <laughs> pretty much you've sussed me out. What was the second? Pure teen horniness, if you remember. Is there much horniness going on in that poem? There's... I wouldn't say so, really. No. There's no sort of phallic imagery around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's about, there's something about fireflies. That doesn't seem very horny to me. No. No, I'd give that no. Zero. Zero, Zero for horniness. Zero. Fair enough. I'll accept that. It's, it's a nice change from um, <laughs> the stuff. five out of five horny score I normally get. <laughs> uh, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Goose. How much does it represent uh, the superstar I've gone on? Not at all. I can't see any evidence of the Reese today in the Reese of yesterday. Yeah, for literally the first guest who's ever said that. Except for the Grin Reaper, which is the little kernel of you yeah. that's in there. The little you now grinning back at us from the past 
That's you. <laughs> Grin Reaper. The Grin Reaper. So what are you giving it? I'm a giving five. that a four. A four? Yeah, for that one word, phrase, that one pun. Just for That Grin little Reaper. pun is the little gold <laughs> chink in the whole poem of rubble. There's a little Rhys James. <laughs> rubble. Okay, fair enough. There we go. So that's nine. So I get a nine out of ten. You get ten out of ten. So... It's you got over half. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Almost two thirds, famously. So you technically win the episode, but the oh. message, Kerry, is that we are both losers. That's what we've learned from the episode. I'm happy with that. What did I say? Nine out of ten. Nine did out you get maths wrong? Did you get some maths wrong? Well, we're cutting, obviously, we're cutting this. <laughs> <laughs> what is a million, Rick? Oh, no, what's 15? You don't even know what a million is. I don't know what 15 is. All we're left with is for you to play us out with your final piece. This is just a short poem. And anyway, it sort of chimes in with what we've been talking about anyway. Okay, so any context needed for this poem before we begin? I think I'm about... It's the same sort of themes that we've covered with procrastination and existential angst. And I think I'm probably in my mid-twenties. Mid-twenties, nice. Early mid-twenties. So I reckon it's probably the late 90s. That sort of time. Okay. Yeah? Does it have a title? No. <laughs> Difficult. Don't fence me in, Ruth. Difficult no answers. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. You, you give it. Let's have a title. You give it a title afterwards. Perfect. Okay. I feel in wilderness. I'm lost again. Back in meantime, dragging chains, chains and weights of unlaid plans, loss of love and unseen lands. Disgust at all abandoned missions. No passion makes it to fruition. I know this dross will pass. It's true, and I'll surely be light again soon. But till then, I'll scout the scene, take notes, and record this time that's lean. So next. When I'm touring in a more gleeful world, I can show I'm one of those well-lived girls. Wow. Wow. I mean, I've got things to say. I'm not supposed to. But I know this dross will pass. It's the most on-brand sentence I've ever heard in my life from anyone. I know this dross will pass. Um, it always it, passes in the end. It's the sort of thing I can imagine you thinking during this podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> I might call my next oh, show. I know, know when's this, this dross, dross going to pass? pass. Um, also, little um, premonition there. Touring in a more gleeful world. That's how I look at my up-and-coming Bosch tour. <laughs> You're going to be touring in a more gleeful... Famously at the moment, the world's a very gleeful place, isn't it? So good for you to be touring in it. Yeah. Um, I love it. World lost in the wilderness. I'm breaking the chains. Uh, I've got to give it a title, haven't I? Yeah. Shall I put? I put a little note down here. I've just seen. So you need the phrase I like, right? Is to show I'm one of those well-lived girls in inverted commas. And then underneath, I put NB. Watched a film about Dorothy Parker today. Can you tell? Question mark. <laughs> wow. So clearly I was trying to emulate a Dorothy Parker sort of poem. But it's great. You've got that sort of commentary, that sort of self-reverential commentary. It's even like then. Stuart Lee footnote kind yeah. of writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you invented Stuart Lee in many yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my title for that is um, Get On With It, Sister. Oh, yes, that's I like that. That's the title. Yeah. It's pretty much, that's pretty much, this dross will pass. <laughs> I'm yeah. chained, but I've got to just get out there and tour, get on tour. <laughs> no, passion makes it to fruition's a bit dark, though, isn't no, it? passion makes it to fruition. Oh, it's good stuff. It's really depressing. This has been all good stuff. I'm uh, disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I feel much more uplifted. I thought I was going to have... Do you think you're going to be embarrassed? I thought I'd cry. I fully anticipated a yeah. little cry, and then you'd be like, oh, no one's ever cried on the podcast before. <laughs> and I'd be like, my younger self is so lost. Yeah. But now I feel okay about Do it. Do you feel fine? I feel all right. Because you know that pretty soon you're going to be touring in a more gleeful world. <laughs> Broken from the chains. There you go. That was Kerry Godlyman, my mother in Norway, with I have a eclectic variety of early work. And that's just the stuff that she did read. She had a whole folder full of stuff. She had a northern play that she alluded to that uh, was like 25 pages long and had three parts. And she only had one copy of it, which is why we didn't read that. Um, maybe next time, if we get the technology to duplicate a notepad, then uh, we can read that and I can practice my northern accent. 
Um, but if you were listening to that the whole time and every time she spoke, you were thinking, yes, yes, that's how I see life too. Then go and see Kerry on tour. She's one of the best stand-ups in the country. She's so funny. Her tour is called Bosch, of course, which I must say I didn't realise when I kept saying Bosch throughout the show. But she was very happy with that because she felt it was good to represent the branding naturally without her having to say, by the way, I am on a tour called Bosch. So go and check it out. She's absolutely amazing. I imagine tickets are on the website. Or just Google it, mate, whatever. Um, as ever, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give it a review on Apple if you want to. Treat it like Uber and five stars minimum. And tip. Make sure you tip the podcast. Once again, as I say, on the Crouch, Peter Crouch podcast, the biggest podcast, they say pass the pod and they mean pass the pod on to a friend. Don't want you to do that. I want you to pass the pod specifically to Stephen Fry, another person with a massive podcast. So pass the pod to Stephen Fry, and then Stephen Fry, he's got a big following. He can post about it, and maybe Stephen Fry can come on it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.